Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you all. I'm glad that you are here to worship with us. I hope, moms, that you feel loved and that you feel honored today. That is, that is our goal uh, here today to do that. We want to give glory to God, but we want to honor you guys and who you are and what you mean, and, and we'll talk more about that as we go. Um, as Brett said, my name is Alan. I'm the, the youth and family pastor here. Uh, our senior pastor, Mark and Pam, are out this week. They'll be back next week. And so uh, here I am. This is my first time to ever preach on Mother's Day, and so that's, that's kind of exciting. Full disclosure to you, um, some of you know, some of you don't, and, and, and if I tend to get emotional at all during, during the message today, please know that this is my first Mother's Day since I lost my mom in June. And so all the feels are kind of there, to be honest with you, and I'm not sure exactly what to expect coming out of that, uh, other than to be obedient to God's Word um, and, and know that He is faithful and, and the, the sad and the mad and the hurt and all the, the emotions that we have, God is in all of those. Some of you are in those same emotions with me, um, at, that Mother's Day is a sad day at times and the, the loss and the hurt and, and, and things that are with a part of that, but, but I know that, that grief is part of our journey and God is on His throne in that and even in that He has good things for us. So I trust that, I believe in that and that's why uh, I, I can stand here and, and proclaim His truth to you today uh, through my own hurt, um, but I just wanted to be real with you on that today that that I, I'm, I'm with you and some of those that have that. But, but I, I do need to tell you this too, that I believe that, I don't know, I think kids have it easier today than they did when I was a kid. I, I, I just, I feel that way for a lot of reasons. I think my mom was, was part of a secret network. And maybe you moms are from, maybe it's still around and I'm just not aware of it because I'm not a mom. But, but as a kid, I was aware of it because it didn't matter where I was or what I did wrong. My mom knew in under one minute. <laughs> News traveled through this network like top speed. And, and not only that, this network gave permission for any mother at any time to grab me by any available body part and walk me back to my house and let my mom hear exactly what I did wrong. And she would bring me to it. Several moms did that in the neighborhood and would bring me back. And like, there's a broken window at our house. And I go, I don't know how that happened. I was just throwing a baseball. I got, had to be somebody else. But, but, but that would happen. And I would think, my mom is about to chew her out for being so mean to me. Because this is not nice to her child. And my mom would welcome her in with tea and cookies and celebrate the discovery of the evil that has been taken care of in our world. That is, that is the network that my mom was a part of, and maybe some of you still are in that. But I know we have this great photo booth out there, and I hope that you take advantage of it. Uh, Philip's doing a great job out there setting up super professional and, and all of that. But back when I was a kid, we didn't have this opportunity. When we took family pictures, we had to go to the mall to Olin Mills. If you're Okay, some of you are with me on that. And, uh, and you have to go and you... The pictures are horrible of me back then, and uh, I, the bowl and the cut, like that's how it worked, and it was crazy, plaid pants, I don't know, but, but we were going, and this was going to be Easter is when we would dress up and usually go take a family picture every year, every other year, whenever it was. You make the appointment with Olin Mills, get all dressed up, you go to the mall, you wait for your time in line, and then you get your picture made in the big studio that's there. Well, we get there early because that's what my mom does, early is on time. And so we arrive there, and we have to wait because there's other people ahead of us, and, but we're there in our time. Well, there's no iPads or cell phones to give to the kids to go distract themselves. You just had to be a good kid. Like, that's just all there was to it. 
There was a fountain, however, in the middle of the mall. And uh, don't laugh. Don't stop laughing right now. It's coming. Quit predicting. Um, and so I decided that it would be fun to go walk around that fountain up on the ledge. And uh, my mom did not think that was a great idea. Uh, she let me know, this is probably not a great idea. If something happens, you need to know there will be severe consequences as a part of that. And I thought, well, being the incredible athlete that I was, she must be talking to my brother because he's the clumsy one and he will do that. And about a minute later, psh, I was in the water uh, in our full dress for the day. Here's what happened according to my memory in that moment. I fall into the water which is just shocking to me anyway. And so I fall, and I hit, the, and it's not that deep anyway, but I hit the water, and before I could even get to the bottom, an arm from nowhere came and scooped me up out of that. And I come flying out of the water. While I'm in the air, another arm shows up and extracts the belt from my pants while I'm in air. And I'm like, Mom, I didn't know you had ninja skills like this. She just, woo, and that noise is the scariest noise for a child. To hear a belt come out of loops, like that is just like the drum beat before death. Like that is just what you're feeling. And I'm in the air. And before I can even hit the ground, the first slap, leather on my backside. It echoes through the mall. There's complete silence everywhere. It is life-changing for me in that moment. And I received the 40 lashes minus one like Jesus received back in the day, because one more would have been death. And so I received that unto myself all before I hit the ground. And I'm expecting in that moment there should be an ambulance coming soon or, or security to come arrest this woman for what she has done for me. And in current days, that what we'd have someone would call 911. There's abuse happening. Not in this day. In this case, the mall got quiet and then all the moms went, yeah, you go. And she got a standing ovation for what just happened to me. This is the life of a child and a mom when you have to live with me as your kid that's there. I'm so grateful that cell phones weren't there to capture that video. Oh man, I don't ever want to see that again. I have to play it in my mind enough on that. But, but the thing is with moms, they make great impact. Sometimes on our backside, all the time in our life. That's, that's who you are. It's who God designed you to be. And, and I believe that God gives you moms a gift and it goes only to moms. Let me, let me explain to this because it's a strange and amazing thing to behold. And I've seen it in Amy, as a mom, I've seen it in my mom, I've seen it in many of you moms out here through the years of, of observing you as a youth pastor and watching that, and you probably have a story that you've seen it too. So this is what happens. There is, there is a moment. Stay with me. It's a pause. Time stops. No breathing allowed. A look comes over their face. Their countenance changes. There is a disturbance in the galaxy. Something is wrong, and action must be taken. I don't understand this, but all of a sudden, moms, they can be in the dead of sleep and sit up and go, <gasps> something must be done. Like, they just know. This gift God has given moms to just know that you have this knower that knows things. It's called the Holy Spirit. I get that, but we don't get it as guys. It's not a gift God gives us. He gives it to you, and it's amazing to do that. And the action that must be taken, that action could be a phone call, could be checking the Life360 app, could be checking the portal for assignments not turned in or grades not what they should be. 
could be a computer history check. There's a lot of things that do that, but here's the deal. I've never seen a mom be wrong in that moment. I've never seen a mom miss that moment when the Holy Spirit punches her in the heart. And she rises to the occasion. And something has to be done because it's not okay whatever's happening with her kid. And they don't even always know exactly what it is, but they know they got to do something. And here's the deal about that, this, this gift that's here. I, I, I trust it, even though I was a victim of it many times as a child, but I trust that. And so in honor of moms today, I, I titled the message simply this, What Moms Are Terrible At. So I figured that we, like, you're like, this, you can't say that in Mother's Day at church, Alan. Like, that is mean. Well, yes, I can. I'm preaching. So let me explain to you what mothers are terrible at. Moms, you are terrible at giving up on your kids. That's what you're terrible at. You won't do it. Nothing will make you stop. Nothing will make you quit. I, I know that, that you will fight for your kids to the death. Everyone else gives up on your kid before you do. But you never will. You, you, you would take a thousand bullets for them, physically or spiritually, if that's what it took to happen. And, and I know this because you have a weapon. And I wish I could call it a secret weapon, but it's really not a secret. Moms are just the ones that use it to its massive potential. And that weapon is prayer. I would argue that the most powerful force on our planet is a praying mom. I've seen a praying mom's prayers bring more kids back from the far country than anything else. I've seen him defeat the enemy when he was at full force attack. I've seen a single mom change eternity because of prayers. But the thing is, it's available to all of us. Why don't we use it to its potential? Why do we defer to moms to be the one to carry that weapon alone? But moms, thank you for carrying it. Thank you for wielding it well. Thank you for aiming it at the right thing at the right time. I'll, I'll tell you this, in James 5.16, Alan's version of Scripture, it says, the prayer of a righteous mom availeth much. My mom told me on more times than I can count. Here's the quote. I wrote it down. She said, Alan, I want you to know that I'm praying that if you do something you shouldn't, whether it's big or small, that you will get caught. That is a terrible prayer to pray. <laughs> that is so unfair. Like, I, that's not fair. Mom, you can't do that to me because it works. That's the frustrating thing. And she's calling me out before I even do it. I just want you to know what I'm praying. I pray you get caught. Like, ah, I don't want to get caught. But I always got caught. Like, dead gummit, Mom. She was right to do that. God honors those prayers. And see, the thing is, praying moms are common in Scripture. It's not an uncommon thing. It's not a random story every once in a while. There's many in Scripture. We don't have time to go through all of them today. We are going to look at one of it in Scripture today. But I want to hear from moms that never give up. So there's some moms in this room we're going to hear from today. This is a joint effort to understand the power of a praying mom. So if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 15. This is where we're going to start today. Matthew chapter 15. We'll stop throughout and we will get glimpses of what the heart of a praying mom looks like. Starting in verse 21 of Matthew 15, it says this, 
And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, which Brett taught us last week means, hey, look at this. It's important. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. There's a lot to get to, just even in that little piece. But what I want to what I want to hit on, at least initially in this, every mom has kids who get into bad situations. If you have a kid, they're going to mess up. When we're kids, we messed up. Like That's part of being in a broken world where sin is a part of it. And, and so every, every kid will have a situation that they're, they're in that's bad. Sometimes it's because of their own choices. Sometimes it's because of their circumstances. Sometimes it's because of things that were completely out of their control and they're in a bad situation. And, and so it's not to judge how they got into that situation, it's to recognize the situation that they're in. This is not to, to throw stones at that, but regardless of the situation. Now, this one that we're in here is a woman whose daughter is severely possessed by a demon. That's a bad situation. That is a difficult situation. And this mom went to Jesus. That was her first response. Let's go to Jesus. And so I want to ask um, if Lacey and uh, Colleen would come to the front at this time with their kids. Um, Lacey has a nice pouch for her child. That is it right now. Um, and then Colleen has two elementary kids uh, that, that are here. And what I want to do is give us a moment to hear a mom's heart as they pray over their kids. So if you'll join us in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for giving me this child, giving us this child. Um, I just pray that you give him the joy that you exude in the Bible. I pray that in all circumstances, he just learns to look to you and be joyful no matter, no matter what. I pray that he is kind and you give him the kindness that Jesus shows. I pray that no matter if they're believers or non-believers, you just give him the courage to stand up for what is right and the courage to um, take the high road in all things, God. I just pray that he grows up to um, with people around him that just want to love him and show him the way um, through your eyes, God. Thank you so much for just this blessing and thank you for... Um, all the ways that he's going to eventually bless people in um, his life. God, thank you so much. Amen. Lord, um, I just bring Nolan and Adeline to you today, and I, I, um, I just pray that Nolan, um, he continues to just chase after you. He has declared you, Lord, from a very young age and has run after you. And Lord, I pray that you continue to um, work in Adeline's heart and um, bring her to you so that she declares you um, Lord and Savior over her life. Lord, I pray um, just for for them to not only know of you, but to know you. I want them to deeply know you. When when things are great in their life, I want the first thing for them to do is just to turn and praise you. 
um, to bring thanksgiving for all that you've done. And, and when things get hard, because we know that they will, Lord, I pray that um, you just you put them on your knees for you and, ju and just to, to thank you for being there during those hard times, that they, that they know that they have a father in you. Lord, I pray um, for community in their lives. Um, Dustin and I cannot do this alone and we know that and so I pray that you give them lasting friendships friendships that honor you godly people for them to look up to and to surround them um, in all the stages of their life Lord I just I'm so thankful for for the kids that you gave me the kids that you have trusted um, me to lead here on earth and just to know put that in their heart that their dad and I are their friends, that no matter what happens, that we will be fighting for them, we will be praying for them, and in the good and the bad, there's nothing in, in our eyes that they could do um, that would make us stop loving them. In your name I pray, amen. amen. Thank you, moms, for that. I almost feel bad in that. We, we got invited to a holy moment. And a lot of you moms have created holy moments in the way that you pray for your kids. Thank you for that. This, this woman in, in the story that we're looking at, this Canaanite woman, it's interesting that Matthew chose to describe her with her, her heritage of being this Canaanite woman that's here. The Canaanites were one of the worst enemies of the Israelites. And this woman came to a Jew. This Canaanite woman came to a Jewish man the bravery that it took to do that she she knew her place she wasn't unaware of history obviously Jesus very aware of history and there he is having just withdrew to a place he's trying to go somewhere solitary he withdrew to this place and yet this woman shows up crying out to him and and saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. She recognized his heritage, his lineage, and, and said, have mercy on me, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. She knew this was an act of desperation. She knew where her place was according to society, that she was not worthy, or that she was not good enough according to the culture. And, and common logic would say, don't even try, this won't work. You're not allowed to get that close. You're not allowed to talk to him. And, and, and it's interesting that she would choose to do that. And I think many of us, what not just moms, but many of us at times have that same attitude of, I'm too messed up to go to God. He won't listen to me. I'm not worthy to go and ask for something when, when I'm already so messed up. I've blown it so I have no chance of helping anybody else. Those are lies from hell and we must reject those and replace those. And this woman made a decision knowing the cultural differences, knowing the history between the nations, knowing all this stuff. She said, I will go. Why would she go? Because moms are terrible at giving up on their kids. That's why she went. So what did Jesus do? Let's go to verse 23. Jesus responds, he says this, he did not answer her a word. That's... That's not the Jesus I was taught to grow up and know. He's silent. He's not saying anything in this. And his disciples came and begged him saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. So now the disciples who weren't 
the awesomest people in the whole world as fishermen and tax collectors when they got started in their business of following Jesus. They come to him and say, hey, just do something to get rid of her. Would you do something to get rid of her? Listen, this was not out of earshot for her. It's not like she wasn't able to hear what's being said. She's coming up to Jesus. Hey, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is, is deeply affected by this demon. And they're like, Jesus, can you get her to shut up? Jesus, can you do something? Because we're tired of her crying out after us too. So he answers his disciples after he does not answer her. In verse 24, he says, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Again, she's hearing this. Let me interpret that from where she was sitting. I'm not here for people like her. What? God in the flesh was not here for her? Is, is that, am I understanding this right? Like that doesn't, that doesn't make logical sense to me when Jesus should open his arms to everybody, right? That's what he should do. But nothing is wasted in God's economy. Nothing he does is with ill intent toward us. There's purpose behind everything he does, even when it doesn't make sense to us in the moment. That's where trust kicks in. That he is who he says he is. He will do what he says he's going to do. And, and this woman in this story right here was overhearing this. Oh Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Please help my daughter. And he doesn't even acknowledge her. And then the disciples say all this stuff. And he's like, I didn't come to the sheep that aren't of the house of Israel. It'd be enough to, to stop. But what happens in verse 25. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. A three-word prayer. We don't have to have all the right words to pray. We don't have to have eloquence in our speech. I promise you, my mom said this three-word prayer all the time. Lord, help me. 18 years with this kid? Lord, help me. And my guess is many of you have prayed that prayer too. Especially moms. She got ignored by Jesus. She got rejected by the disciples. She got reminded that she was not considered worthy of the house of Israel. But you know what? Moms are terrible at giving up on their kids. They're just terrible at it. She went from crying out and I don't, know, I don't know where she was. I wish I had a video of this to know the geographic distance between her and Jesus when she first cried out. Because it says she, she cried out. I'm, I'm assuming that's with a loud voice. That's when you cry out. And so there's a distance that's there. And she cried out and, and continued to move as she's hearing the disciples' rejection and she's hearing Jesus' silence. And she continues to do that. She went from crying out to getting closer to Jesus. Can I challenge us that when things don't go our way, our best response is to get closer to Jesus? Instead of making excuses or pushing away or feeling sorry for ourselves. I want to ask two more moms to come up here if I could. Can I get Della and Michelle to come please with your kids? Um, and Amy's got the mic for you. And, and so we had pregnant mom, we had mom of littles, now we have mom of teenagers, and we have empty nest mom coming with half of her crew. Um, the other half are still still gone. Um, and so I would, I would like to ask these moms to pray. 
Come on, come on over to the other side. And so this is Della Perry and her beautiful kids. So Della, if you would, would pray over them. Our God, I thank you so much for these awesome kids that I not only love, but I like. And God, you know that um, it feels scary as a young mom to think about the teenage years. And I just thank you that um, it's been good. It's been sweet. I'm so grateful for their hearts that, um, that you have. And my prayer is the same from day one as it is today, that they would grow to love you more than anything else in the world. And I pray that they would be a light in their school, in their summer jobs, and in their neighborhood, and that um, you would bring them, uh, continue to bring them friends that are an encouragement and, um, and challenge to point toward you um, every day, too, for the rest of their lives. Lord, I pray this for their future spouses, if you would have them marry, that they would love you more than anything else, and that they would point each other toward you, God. I pray that as um, their dependence on their dad and I decreases, that their dependence on you would increase, God. I thank you again. Amen. Will you all please join me in lifting my kids up in prayer to our Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, creator of heaven and earth, I thank you so much for entrusting the care of these kids to me. I want to lift first Megan and Kaylee, though they're not here, they are never away from my heart and my thoughts. I pray that you will continue to bless Megan in her marriage, and that you will be with her and Trent as they navigate all of the new changes that are occurring in their life. Continue to guide them. And I just pray that they continue to follow you. I pray that you continue to be with her in her new job and that you give her discernment as she navigates new relationships and new responsibilities. And today, dear Lord, I pray that the youth that she's teaching in her church see her as a godly woman and that you give her the words and the actions that those kids need to see. Dear Lord, I lift up Kaylee to you. I thank you for blessing her with so many things that she loves in her life. And I pray that you will narrow these loves of her down and guide her to where she needs to be. I pray, dear Lord, specifically for her safety as she travels across the states to her new summer job. I pray that you will keep evil away as she makes this journey I pray that her truck will make it also. <laughs> um, I just thank you so much for her, and I pray that you will put people in her life this summer, um, new relationships that will guide her to the place that she needs to be. I do pray, God, that you will give her discernment in these relationships and that she will continue to seek your will for her life. Dear Lord, I lift up Lane to you. 
and I pray that you continue to give her some rest and help her get through the remainder of her finals. And then I also pray for her protection on the road next weekend as she travels to Pine Cove. And God, I pray that you will just be the best encourager so that she can be encouraging to all of the campers and all the counselors and that your great love and the love that she has for you will shine to these kids who don't even often get to hear your name in their household. I pray that you give her an abundance of love that she can share so that at least for one week, these kids feel how it, it feels to be loved by you. I pray, pray that you keep her healthy and keep the camp crud away. And dear Lord, I pray that you will open her eyes to kids or counselors that need a little extra something from her. I pray especially that you are with her at the end of June when she has to be away from me and she has to come to the one-year anniversary of the death of her sweet friend, Addie. I pray that you bring people into her life that day that will love on her and that will lift her up and that she will be able to see you in everything that she does and all the people that she interacts with. I pray that you give her extra comfort that day and that you remind her that you are good, you are God, and you are sovereign and all that we do not understand. That we are guaranteed that we will see Addie again one day in heaven. And dear Lord, I also lift up Jackson, and I thank you for getting him home safely and for how well he's done in his first year of college. I thank you so much for seeing the growth that you've shown me in his relationship with you. And I just pray that you continue, dear Lord, to protect his eyes, to protect his ears, and to protect his heart from the things of this world. I pray I, that you will continue to grow him and prepare him for his role as impact leader, impact prayer team leader for this summer, dear Lord, that you will continue to grow him in wisdom and that you will prepare him for these incoming freshmen and the different situations that he might be approached with. Give him wisdom, dear Lord, and I I just pray that you keep Satan away. Um, he wants to tear down what you are building up, and I just pray against that um, as a stiff arm from a mom. And God, I just continue to thank you, and uh, I pray that you will continue to grow him into the man you want him to be, and I thank you for the role he plays in our family. As always, dear Lord, Thank you for entrusting these kids to me, and I pray that you make me a better mom today than I was yesterday, and that you give me the eyes and ears to be the best mom that each of my kids can possibly have in their life. In your name I pray, amen. Yeah. Thanks for fighting, mom. How can God say no to that? <laughs> but this woman in our story said, help me, Lord. Jesus responds this time, 
in verse 26. He answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. What? How could, how could Jesus say that? Like how, can, how can that be his response when this woman had been far and she got close and she got on a knee and she said, Lord, help me. Her heart was poured out just like these mom's parts have been poured out. And his response is to say, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Is this better than ignoring her or is this worse? These are not the words we would expect to hear from Jesus. I'm thinking, did you just call her a dog? Like, did Jesus just call her a dog? Like, that's, that's what I see in her. Shouldn't she be offended by that? Like, shouldn't she be upset by that? She should be mad. Maybe she should call him a name back. Well, you're going to call him? See, that's what guys do. We escalate that, right? You don't say that. We start bowing up. And, and, and maybe that's what I thought she should do. She should just storm off. Well, forget it then. I tried. I'm done. I'll figure it out on my own. But you know what? Moms are terrible at giving up on their kids. They're just terrible at it. And so was this woman here. Verse 27. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. See, it's a response only a mom can give. I don't know that dads can. First she cried from a distance. Then she got closer to Jesus. And then when others would be humiliated, she chose humility. What a heart change in this lady. What a choice that she made. When she should feel humiliated, rejected, unworthy, her response was to be even more humble and speak words of wisdom and truth. See, because that's what He gives you godly moms. He gives you wisdom and truth. Those aha moments of, and you know exactly what to say to God on their behalf. You know exactly what to cry out. And this lady in this story did. You know what? You're right. You may be right about that, Jesus. But even the dogs get the crumbs. And your crumbs are enough for my daughter. Just a crumb for you is enough to change my daughter's life. Do you see the faith that she put in him in the midst of an opportunity to be humiliated? She chose a posture of humility and said, yeah, you may be right, but I just want the crumbs for my kids because I know it's enough. I know it will meet my daughter's needs. Can, can I tell you that this is only the, the second time in all of, of Jesus' ministry that 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 someone spoke in this way to him with this kind of confidence. It, it's amazing to see what she did because she came with that humble posture, the words of truth and wisdom that said, you may be right about calling me a dog, but if my kids get the crumbs, their life will be different. It will be changed. I want to ask the last two moms to come up here if I can, if I can get Dana and Sharon to, to come on up here with your kids and what I have here coming is a adopted mom, and then I have a mom whose own kid is a grandma in Kimberly. And so, uh, Dana, if you would go first, and then Sharon, if you could go second, that would be great. Please join me as I bow before our Lord for my kids.
Father God, you are so great. There is absolutely nothing, nothing that you can't do. And you overwhelm us with your goodness. I come to you today on behalf of my children, Caleb, who's not in this room right now, but will be with me later, Lord. Jenna, who's about to graduate. And Zach, here in high school, Lord. God, I smile at the future when I think about these young adults and this teenager as you are so, so good. Lord, I'm drawn today to ask you for protection, that they may resist temptation, and that you will pour out your wisdom upon them. God, you tell us in your word that your name is a strong tower. The righteous man run to it and are safe. May my children always go to you, Lord, as they navigate the choices and the responsibilities that are to come. Help me, Lord, to surrender the safety of Caleb and Jenna and Zach to you, Father. Lord, help me to trust that you're always watching over them and protecting them in steady times and in hard times. You're always there. And instead of worrying, Lord, please help Lead me to pray your name over my children, Jesus, knowing that you are their tower of safety and I can rest in peace no matter what, knowing they have you. I pray for godly influences in their lives and many opportunities for them to connect with other Christians. And I come to you and I plead for a good friend to hold them accountable to your commandments and your word. I pray, Lord, for a godly mentor for them, that they may look up to you and that they may be continue to be challenged as they seek to stay on your path and be drawn to you. Father, may they represent you with their words and in their actions. Father, as they resist temptation, I pray specifically for the words from their mouth and their heart. I pray for pleasant words that are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to their bones. And Lord, speaking of bones, I pray that you will touch Zach's leg right now, Lord, with your healing power, restoring him to total health Strengthen his bones and make him stronger than ever. Enable us to look to you for a life of health and healing and wholeness. And Lord, I plead to you today on behalf of your children. I want nothing more than for my family to love you and know you, but to have a deep relationship with you and that they will glorify you with all their heart. Help them to discern good from evil and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit saying, this is the way, walk in it. As you remind us in your word, pour out your wisdom and discernment upon them and help them to give you the glory and all of your 
blessings. And Father God, I pray for my children all the days of my life. Continue to work in their lives as only you can. I ask you, Lord, finally for wisdom, for revelation over any areas of enemy operation which I cannot see. I thank you, Jesus, that you are my helper in parenting these students I put Jenna and Zach in your hands on this day. Guide and protect and convict them when sin is trying to take root. Enable them to stand strong and be courageous for you. And I thank you for always being there, for being our rock and our fortress. May your children continue to know you and love you more and more each day as you line up your good plans for them. God, I just thank you for your amazing, incredible love, Jesus. Help me to be a better mom each and every day as I continue to be humbled and love you and know you more each day. I pray these things, Abba, Father, in your name, amen. Lord, it's me again. Thank you for never getting tired of the thousands of prayers and for answering almost every one of them. You've been so faithful. Lord, thank you for the privilege of having watched my children grow up and function in the gifts that you've given them. Lord, I pray for my son that you'd draw him to you and that you'd surround him with people that would remind him of what he learned in childhood and bring him back to you through your love. Lord, I thank you for my daughter, for all the many gifts that you've given her. Father, I thank you that you've given her wisdom and poise and grace and a zealousness to serve you. I thank you that you are continuing your kingdom through her and her family. Lord, thank you that she has experienced the joys of a marriage, of being a mother, and being now a grandmother. Lord, you're so good to us. You didn't owe us any of that, and yet you have given your gifts abundantly to our families and to this lineage. Father, just pray that you would anoint her even further so that wherever she goes into the world, she brings so much light that the darkness cringes in front of her. Lord, we just pray for power, anointing, and for opportunity and open doors. Lord, you've got so many more great, great things in store, and I'm excited to have lived long enough to see many of them, and there's many more to come. And I pray that her anointing passes on through all her children and grandchildren and to those that she mentors, which are many. Lord, we love you. We just can never thank you enough for being faithful through all of the generations to those that love you. And thank you, Father, that you've given us the opportunity to experience your grace and see your miracles and to watch what you can do in our children. 
In Jesus' name. Thank you, moms, for that. I'm not going to lie, man. I wish my mom could still pray over me. Don't ever be too proud to let your mom pray for you. Don't ever be so stubborn. I just wanted to say that. It's not even in the notes. But this woman says this to him in humility. Jesus responds again. We get verse 28. Then Jesus answered her, Oh woman, great is your faith. There's an exclamation point right there. Great is your faith. His excitement cannot be held back anymore. This was the moment that he had been waiting for. This was the moment he knew was coming, that she had no idea what she had to go through to get there, but this is the moment that happens. Oh woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. In that moment, it happened. In that moment, the healing was instantaneous. Like I said, there's only two times in all of Jesus' ministry that he healed from a distance, that he healed with a spoken word. It was the centurion and it was this mom. And both of them were Gentiles. The two times he recognized the greatness of someone's faith. He told the centurion, your faith amazes me. And he tells her, this woman, that great is your faith. It wasn't even the people of Israel that he recognized great faith in. It was those outside because they were willing to not give up. Because moms are terrible at giving up on their kids. And this woman got to experience this. Mom, thank you for being terrible at giving up on us. Thank you for fighting for us when it would be easier to give up. I want to share just a couple of thoughts in closing as, as we begin to wrap up here. Number one is this. God's delay is not a denial. You need to know that. In this process of the story, when we might have given up, or we might have given her the, the opportunity to give up, or the encouragement to give up, or hey, you need to walk away and just quit. Many times it could have or maybe should have happened in that story. She never did. God was there. Jesus was with her. He knew what was coming. The delay was not a denial. He was not there to deny her. The delay was to strengthen her faith. I don't know how many times you've done that as a parent, but, but I, I, I do it a lot. My kids ask for something and I just kind of blow them off the first time. I like, eh, whatever. But if they really want it, don't they ask again and again and again and again and it just doesn't stop? And you're finally like, all right. You may really want this. I wonder if God does that at times. Let me strengthen your faith. Do you really want this, or is this just a passing thought? Is this just breaking glass in case of emergency, or are you really crying out to me? I want to see your faith. And as a result, this woman's faith was greatly increased. God's delay is not a denial. Please don't put that on Him. Second thing is this. You never outgrow your mom's prayers. You just, you just don't. Whether you're in the womb and that baby has no idea what's to, what's to come because it's really cozy right now. Or you have Kimberly who's a grandma herself. To have a great grandma praying over a grandma who prays over a daughter who prays over a child. Like There's generations right there. Am I right back row? Am I right back there? That's godly heritage. That's you never outgrow your mom's prayers. 
when I asked Kimberly to do this, she was on the verge of tears because she was so humbled that she would get to hear her mom pray over her in church. What a blessing that is. And it's one we take for granted at times. So I want to close. I'm going to invite the band up, and we're going to, we're going to do a song before we leave. And, and I don't know what your response is in this, but, but maybe, maybe you're sitting with your mom, and you're like, Mom, will you, will you pray over me? Or maybe you're a mom and say, you know what, I, I haven't been doing it like I need to. It's time to step up the game. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're like me and you're missing your mom. And you need to pull out that weapon of prayer and come pray for somebody else up here at the altar. The message is about the power of a praying mom. The challenge is to be a person who prays. Let's not let moms be the only ones to pull out that weapon all the time. Let's be men and women and students and children that believe in the power of prayer. That are terrible at giving up on people. Maybe you need to be terrible at giving up on your marriage. Maybe you need to be terrible at giving up on your parents. Maybe you need to be terrible at giving up on yourself. But let's go to God and see what He can do and see how He answers that. Heavenly Father, I...